Hello listeners, we are the Hermit Social Club FTC Robotics Team 12675 and welcome back to Hermitology. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Varun and I'm joined by Sachiv, Aditya and Aaron, the building department of our team, as we talk about what it's like to build robots. Hi, my name is Aditya and I'm the build captain on the team. Hi, I'm Sachiv and I'm a builder. Hi, I'm Aaron and I'm builder robot. Okay, so starting off, what are some parts that you enjoyed using the last season? I mean, last season we really uh, experimented with a lot of new parts. So um, we transitioned from 5mm Tetrix axles to 6mm uh, Servo City axles. And we did that because uh, if you're putting any sort of force on them, they'll bend pretty easily and they require a lot of uh, support to function properly. They're great for small applications, but... If you're putting together a drivetrain or some kind of like um, that rover ruckus, we had to lift ourselves up. Uh, you don't want to be putting five millimeter axles in high torque applications like that because they just bend like crazy. So um, the six millimeter axles this year, it's uh, surprising how much one millimeter uh, increase in diameter really changes the strength of the axle. The, we had no problems with axles the entire the entire year. I don't think we've had an axle warp or a bend on us yet. And that's uh, something we really like to see. Uh, it's uh, one less thing we have to worry about as a builder. And uh, we try to use six millimeters everywhere we can, even though it may be overkill in a little in certain applications, but we can rest easy knowing that uh, the devices will never break. And uh, kind of going hand in hand with that, uh, with the six millimeter axles is uh, we also changed our hub styles. So we, I think the first and second year of competition in our team, we were using set screw hubs from Tetrix and, and Servo City. And those aren't great at all because we found that when you want to disassemble the axle and the motor assembly or make adjustments at all, it just mars the axles. And we had motors getting absolutely wrecked because of the set screws gouging the motor axles and if you didn't tighten another set screws hard enough uh, it'd lead to uh, just the entire hub slipping off and that was a, a a really big problem we ended up having to hammer out some of the hubs that wasn't great we lost a lot of uh, parts through that so we uh decided to make the transition to d d clamping hex hubs and uh, those really one improved our efficiency because the d shape um keeps the hub rotating with the axle pretty well and the clamping doesn't mar the axle in any way so it really helps with uh, getting actually disassembling the robot properly okay um sachiv and aaron what about you what do you what kind of parts do you enjoyed as a new builder on the team uh i didn't understand most of the tools in the beginning but one tool that I thought was very helpful was the hex keys. Um, they really helped with um, screwing in some screws in some tough places. And uh, all in all, were just really helpful when uh, something broke. Uh, another new piece we got was the never rest motors. And those were pretty nice because we were initially using the um, Torknado motors, which were not 
they didn't they weren't as powerful and they often broke a lot so the new never rest motors we use them to power our wheels and they are much more reliant and efficient compared to the previous motors we had yeah we definitely started uh taking into account uh strength of the motor and uh, speed of the motor and we used some calculations to figure out what kind of torque we need on the motor to actually move the robot properly and at uh, decent efficiency so uh, that's why we went to the Neverest 20s this year for drivetrain, whereas before we were using Torknados for drivetrain. Uh, that was that was just very very slow. This year we have a very very fast robot, and uh, the switch to Neverest 20 orbitals are is a big factor in that. All right. So um, last year's game was Skystone, which is all about trying to stack blocks and try to build uh, the biggest tower that you can. What are some challenges or interesting strategies you have to keep in mind when you're building the robot for this season? Well, uh, this season was kind of different from the other seasons because in the previous seasons you have um, multiple objectives. And, but with the, the last season we had, it was grab blocks and move them over and keep stacking. There wasn't a lot of side stuff like the knocking over the jewels or the, the one of the other seasons. So we worked a lot on speed and accuracy, which was definitely different. We had to um, we had to increase our wheel speed and make our robot lighter so that we could move around uh, the field faster. And we also ran into issues with space on the field. Um, if the the biggest problem this year, I think, on in terms of the field itself, is uh, certainly space restriction. If you have two full eighteen by eighteen robots trying to get through those bridges, it's it's nearly impossible to actually do without bumping into each other or um, getting hooked on the other robot, which will ultimately cost you the round. Um, that's why that's why we went with a. Uh, a smaller robot design, just a, a little bit more narrow. Um, we still had an 18-inch width, but um, our robot was narrower to get through that uh, gap more easily with uh, a lot of other robots that were that took up the full 18 by 18 cube. And uh, as far as strategies, I think uh, it's always interesting to see strategies that develop throughout the season because. Uh, you want to make the other team's life as difficult as possible while also scoring as many points as possible. And it's interesting to see some of the strategies that develop throughout the season that remain within the bounds of the rules. I remember we had one strategy. At, uh, also, another challenge we had was uh, at this actual stacking itself is very difficult. Um, you have to to have linears go up that high and still be stable is uh, something that's definitely def very, very difficult. Uh, we took a lot of time to develop our linear systems so that when they raise to that height, they'd actually be stable while maintaining some semblance of speed. And that was another big challenge for this season. All right. So with, with with all these like challenges and restrictions in mind, what are some things that you're going to keep in mind for next year? Um, next year, I definitely think it, we're going to be doing a lot, lot, lot more CAD. Even though even though we may be just 
building the robot at our home garages and uh, just videotaping it, I think we're going to invest in a lot more CADing, planning for the actual building of the robot uh, because that will resolve a lot of the problems that we've been having last year with just general placement and precision and all that stuff. Now, um, Sachiv, you are a new builder. You joined this year. Was there anything challenging when it came to joining and like getting used to how the team ran? Uh, yeah, I wasn't used to holding or doing a FTC, so it took me a while to get used to everything, such as um, I had to learn where everything was. I had to learn quickly how to make linears, how to uh, make a chassis. And I also had to learn how to uh, I also had to learn how to um, be, basically be part of the team. It was a new team, so I had to fit in. So, yeah. So, um, what is it like building, just like the general scope of it, when you just get into the garage and just start building, what is it like for y all of you? Well, building's fun. It's, um, there's not really a word to describe it. It's more of a, it's fun, it's breathtaking, it's exciting. It's like exciting to see like the work that you put into building and it just comes into something really yeah, majestic. It's, it's uh exciting to see that and um, it's uh, that an idea in your head, in your imagination can become a reality. Then to our um, listeners at home, what are some advice you would give to people that are just starting out and want to build something really cool with the materials that they have? Well, with the materials that you have, you should do an inventory first. If you want to make something, do an inventory. Then have a plan, have like a sort of diagram. So you know what you want to draw, a picture of your idea. And then uh, from that, you should start trying to work with what you have. Yeah, I think what Sachi said is uh, is really important. You want to figure out what you can do, plan it out, and then figure out how you're going to do it. So first, you're going to either make a sketch for simple projects or CAD for complex, more complex projects. Then, uh, and you're going to in that CAD slash sketch, you're going to take into account what materials do I have and what materials can I acquire? And uh, finally, you're gonna take in, you're gonna think about how am I going to modify these materials or manufacture items from these materials um, to create your final product. Right, anything else you'd like to add? Um, as far as advice and kind of what it's like building, I think uh, building is really, you don't do as much building in the build department as you'd think. Um, it's really, if you think about the process that Sachi and I laid out, where 
you have to you're the last step is thinking about manufacturing and then you actually build there's there's a lot that goes into building before actually doing the building i think the main appeal of building is not well for some people it's the act of building itself but at least for me and for a lot of other people i know it's you start with all this planning and an idea from your head transfers into real life i think that's the appeal to a lot of people the fact that they can turn something that from their imagination into something tangible in front of them that's uh, that's one of the major appeals of building and as far as advice uh more advice for new people i'd say especially for ftc frc uh you want to familiar familiarize yourself with all the available uh commercial off-the-shelf parts um experienced builders will have an image in their mind of all the parts that are available to them and all they can all the parts they can use and source and where they can get them so when you actually go to design it's it's way easier to put together a robot knowing all the resources at your disposal whereas for a new builder um it's going to take some time to discover every on um, most of the cots parts that the, you'd need to create a, a good functioning robot and that's where i would go to first just experiment i know it's hard to experiment in person right now with your team so i'd advise to just browse parts websites if you're a new team new builder uh look at look at all their selection their inventory make a couple cads if you have time and that will go a long way in developing yourself as a builder because after you've realized what parts are available to you and what you can do and how you can manipulate the parts uh you can start you can start really putting together ideas and good robots so it's really just about putting your idea from paper or your mind and just putting yeah. it in front of you using planning and the materials you have. Yeah, because right. as far as on our team, uh, on our team at least, uh, we have the entire team plan, but the actual job of the builders is to turn that plan into a reality. And the job of the programmers is to make the robot move. That's That's what the builder's job should be, to make the intangible tangible all right so thank you builders for joining us for today's episode that was very interesting and thank you listeners for tuning in and we will see you all next